Hey everyone, welcome back to the Barebo Project Podcast. This is episode 20. Man, where has the time gone? Well, listen, this time we're talking with Morten Sorlin from Norway. And a special guest with Morten is Jens Fudge from Denmark, um, the previous Paralympian, uh, author of the wonderful book, Choose to Be a Winner. Um, and uh, our trusty, extremely um, in need of a haircut, friend and co-host John Demmer. We just talk about Morton's journey to to hitting the Barebow 520. Um in this episode it's it's a roadmap of sorts of the journey that he went through and it's the same journey that so many Barebow archers are on. Hope you enjoy this. Special thanks to our sponsors of course, Yoast Archery Products, XS Wings, Arizona Archery Enterprises, and Yager Archery Grips. Thank you. Enjoy. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Barebow Project. Um, got a few guests here, and today we're talking. Um, we're talking sort of a, a roadmap to five the Barebow five twenty. You know, five hundred's kind of a, a, a benchmark in in Barebow. Five um, twenty's you know kind of another benchmark in some ways, um, but I know we have. Two guests here, um, sort of the the man of the hour is Morten Sorlin. He's from Norway. Um, and then we have also another guest who played a role in Morten's sort of success as an as a individual shooter, uh, Jens Fudge. Uh, Jens, correct me if I'm wrong, you're from Denmark, correct? I'm from Denmark, yeah. Yes. Um, and then obviously we have just the basic JD3. For those of you that are watching on Instagram right now, it's just, um, it's just, it's just John Demmer. So, but we are recording Instagram. You get to hear the audio, um, but we are talking the roadmap to 520. And um, the reason that we chose to, to have this discussion, I want to talk to Morton and bring Yen into it because uh, Yen is the author of a book called Choose to Be a Winner, which played a significant role in Morton's improvement over the last year. Now, um, I've come to know Morton through the Barebow Project and and know that he is n- not afraid of hard work when it comes to improving archery. Um, so, Morton, why don't you give us just a quick introduction, um, you know, about you and your archery, and then let's go back a year ago and start where you were mentally and where your archery was, and let's kind of just jump right into that that this whole year. Uh, my name is Morten Sortland. I'm from Norway and I have shot for two and a half years now and I'm 44. Did I mention that? Uh, I started archery because my daughter wanted to start archery and I was just sitting there and thought it would be fun and it was. I really don't know what else to say. Well, no. Well, let's just go back a year ago, you know, okay, um, and, and talk uh, about how you, how you were shooting um, and kind yeah. of maybe the challenges that you uh, uh, went, that you experienced a year ago versus okay. um, the things I, you've learned. Uh, w- once I started, I felt I got to four, uh, I've been plateauing for about a year. And that's when I contacted you a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I very quickly, I went through the beginner's course and so on. And six months later, I shot 
4.39 at the, the Norwegian Nationals, Indoor Nationals. And uh, I don't know, I managed to get it a little up, but basically it was uh, around the same time. And when COVID struck, I decided that I wanted to, I was wondering how I could get better. And I'd been listening to the podcast and you had just started the Team Bearable project. And I knew I was going to have some free time. And so I wanted to fill that with something. Um, uh, we had, I think we had our first talk in May uh, and you pointed out a lot of stuff that I was doing wrong. And, and I began, I, I actually just went most on the barebow project. I see in my range, I shoot at the, yeah. So I went out there and I started right away. And at first I really didn't see any improvement, uh, but, but I expected that. Uh, with all the stuff I changed, uh, I was even surprised that I managed to stay at, at the same level. Um, just trying to think. Um, uh, uh, I had, I had problems understanding, uh, everything. Some was probably due to language. Other was, yeah. Other was the fact that I only had been shooting for, well, at that time, 18 months or something. And, and but I kept working. I, I got, I was shooting up to, suddenly I shot 477 at once, I remembered. I remember that. And yeah. And uh, okay, good. Next tournament, a little uh, well, we don't call it tournaments. We just call it was just a regular competition. We have very few big like tournaments. Uh, but anyway, um, and I always wondered that I was only always working to get get to five hundred. That was a very big goal of mine, but I was always stuck at somewhere below that. And, um, and then I had the competition in, I think it was October of last year. And the two first ends were 24. Ends one and two were 24, I believe. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but then I just thought, oh, okay, keep working. And, and just skipping to end 19 when we were scoring, I looked down at the piece of paper and it said uh, 481. And as I walked back, I told my bailmate that I can do this now. It, it could actually happen. <laughs> and then, and then he told me that, oh, it's going to happen. You, you haven't been under twenty-two every time. Then I told him that I always dread the last four free. <laughs> uh, and 
I had no idea what happened. I guess it's the closest I've come to what people describe as target panic, but I didn't, I didn't consider it that. But, but I just, I did my process and immediately I, I just released prematurely. And I didn't understand why I did it. And uh, anyway, I got the 19 points, just barely. And so, so the score was exactly 500. And I was super happy about that. And uh, I did the bragging Facebook thing right afterwards. Uh, and, I, and I wrote that, Jesus, the, the last three were a mental struggle. And then Jens uh, commented on it. Uh, and and I, and I shot the first 19 arrows. I'd shot very good. Uh, I, I've, I was in complete control. Mo well, I felt so, but the last three were just, it was just luck that I got 19. And that's not, well, well. and so he commented on it. Uh, I got this book. You, I think you should read it. And okay, so I bought his book. I got it signed. He signed it for me and he signed it to me. And, um, and it also comes with some audio files you can download to your, to your phone. Mm. And, and uh, I kept working with them. Um, and it became easier, but I, I know I'm not done. I need to, I need to do more on it. I, I know this. Uh, and uh, fell a little out of now. Uh, no, it's all good. Well, yeah. While you're thinking through that, let's yeah. go back over that year because, well, tournaments were okay. shut down. COVID, yeah. COVID set in. Um, around COVID, we started the online training tournament. So you got that experience. Yeah. Work through the form changes and work through them. I mean, John, I think you could admit that even when we shoot live, like there's still a different energy that goes with that. It's not tournament energy, but there's a different energy to it. I mean, we don't, sometimes we suck on video too. Do you know what I mean? It, it's different, but it still, it makes your, makes your heart pump. You know, it makes you, um, yeah, you know, feel a little bit, you know, it's again, it's not the same as standing on a tournament line, especially at a big tournament, but it, it's still a similar feeling in regards to maybe partially awkwardness, partially worrying about video and camera and all of this stuff. I, I do that. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not identical, but it's still good training. Um, you know, so you did that, you know, you worked through form changes. Um, you stuck to a program, you did drills, you did these things, but it still wasn't, enough you still needed no. another another thing that that was more of a organizing your mental thoughts going yeah. and competing so that's where yen's book sort of comes into play for you now absolutely we're not i'm not saying that just the book is going to make a difference and just changing form is going to make a difference however in some notion, I would say that both of them are necessary for everyone at some point in time. Yeah. 
one um, without the other. You have to mentally be organized. You have to physically be organized. Um, uh, one one thing I also mentioned that uh, on one of your coffee talks, you mentioned in another book, uh, the the practicing mind. Mm-hmm. I really like that book, but for me personally, I didn't understand how how you should apply things. Um, but but and that's what I really liked about Jens's book. It came with practical examples, and he is an archer, and I really relate to it. Okay, well, yeah, I think that opens your the door. That's the segue to your book um what it's about or you know a, a, an overview of what it's about um and you know kind of maybe why you wrote it sure well <clears throat> um to start from this from the beginning i picked up my first bow in 1987 and started shooting and i fell in love with archery straight off this was kind of the coolest thing that i could do and being I was born with uh, club feet, so my feet are not really very good. So um, shooting archery would actually give me the ability to compete against able-bodied archers, but also against other disabled archers. So I picked up the first bow in 1987 and I started shooting and I loved it. And in 1990, I was at the World Championships. So three years after I started shooting, I was at the World Championships where I, I shot significantly worse than I normally did kind of had the same struggle as Morton was uh, telling about on the last three ends because I was suddenly at the world championships and I was not really shooting the best of my game I figured out that this was probably my head that was going wrong Um, so I started looking up back there in the 90s and beginning of 90s a lot of stuff about mental preparation and how to do this and how to do that so i I learned a lot and I went back to the European Championships in 91 where I won the gold medal. And then in 92, I was at the Paralympic Games where I also won the gold medal. And then I didn't actually do much about archery for quite some time because then I was doing education and jobs and because, well, at least here in Denmark, archery doesn't pay any bills. Uh, It doesn't probably pay very many bills (laughs) in any other countries, but it for sure doesn't pay very many bills here. Um, but around 2010 something, um, a group of young archers, including Maya Jaeger, who is the world champion of 2013, um, her and some other archers, uh, I, I decided to make a mental uh, preparation workshop for them for a weekend, and I had a great success. This was, this was fun, and Maya was world champion in 2013. I like to think it's because of me, but maybe she had a small saying of it her, on her own too. Maybe also the Korean Tim or Kim also had something to do with it. I'm not sure, but I like to think that was my book. Or not at the moment at my book, but it was me that did it. Um, and then a couple of years ago, another friend of mine asked to help uh, pr- uh, prepare some young people again for, this was in this case for the Nordic Championships um, which were held here in Denmark. So yeah, sure, I'd give it a whiz. And then we actually got a gold medal out of it or a, a couple of gold medals. And one of the gold medals I really, really, really loved because at the finals for longbow, for girls longbow, so it's a 12-year-old girl with a longbow shooting at 30 meters, the last three arrows were two acres and a 10 for a longbow. 
And that is kind of awesome. So I helped her. I stood behind her and coached her. And then I said, oh, okay, maybe I'm onto something here. Maybe I actually do know something about mental preparation for archery. So I'll write a leaflet or a pamphlet. But when I reached page 25, something, I said, well, it's not really a leaflet anymore, is it? It's a book. So that's how I made the book. And well, yeah, that's it. Well, that's, that's outstanding. I love the backstory. Um, so if you had to, we probably need to really maybe record separately and talk about the book in its entirety in some ways. Um, but what, I guess, a synopsis, give me, you know, what is the, what is the message? What's the, and I think you and I have probably touched upon it actually in comments on Facebook <laughs> Um, talking to Morton, as a matter of fact, we are ha- and we're having that discussion, but what is the concept? What is the foundation of the message that the book is, is communicating with the person reading it? Well, the foundation of the, of the book is, well, first of all, I want to get people to stop just shooting a lot of arrows without thinking about how to shoot them, because just shooting a million arrows a day isn't going to get you anywhere. You're going to be better and better and better. But as Morton was on, you're going to at some time reach a plateau and you don't you won't get any better if you just keep on shooting arrows without thinking about them. So I want people to actually think about the arrows that they shoot. That's one thing. And the other thing I've put in the book is if you make a plan how to um, go on from here to your next level, and stick to that plan, it doesn't really matter how bad or how good that plan is. As long as you have a plan and you stick to it, you are probably going to get better. And then, of course, enjoy shooting and and have fun and make sure that you shoot your arrows to the best of your ability and let everyone else worry about their own arrows. And one of the things that I really like that I put in the book is the only, well, the most important arrow that you have is the one that's currently knocked. So if you shoot that one arrow to the best of your ability, then you're good to go. Yeah, definitely. So that's kind of the wrap up of the book. No, that's, that's, I think that's perfect. Cause um, you know, I, like I said, I think we may have to record separately and maybe once I get the the book and we can, we can maybe talk just about the book, but sure. you know, the idea of teaching that you need to focus on the arrow that's in the bow is such it sometimes it's just skipped over and it doesn't matter what archery you shoot it's exactly all, all disciplines of archery yeah. um if you're thinking about the 30 you just shot in the end prior or thinking about you just shot two tens and thinking about wanting to shoot the third arrow you can't <laughs> think about wanting to shoot that third 10 you need to think about well how do i get that arrow in the middle yeah. that's why that's by having a plan within your shot process having a definitive um description of what your perfect shot feels like you know Um, it's it's the how to get it in the middle it's not to get it in the middle it's the how to get it there yeah that's the important thing yeah definitely john what do you think What, what what where do you where do you where do you go when you are shooting and you need to make that 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 arrow count and it's in one of those you've been in those high pressure moments more than any of us Where's your, where does your brain go? This actually might be a bad question because I don't think, <laughs> but no, in reality, like where, where do you go when you're standing on the platform at the classic or you're at the, um, you know, what was it? The world fields or something like, where do you, where do you go? 
uh, just I, I try to visualize, uh, try to do a lot of visualization, like visualize what that perfect shot feels like, because, you know, as an archer, that's your whole goal is to make that perfect shot and just surround myself with that feeling, what it feels like, and just try to try my best to my ability to perform that feeling. Um, usually that leads to more centers than it does uh, sprayed arrows. So that's where I usually try to. I try to eliminate all the extra noise. It doesn't always work um, because we are human, but that's where I go to. I try to visualize that feeling of what that perfect shot takes and what it feels like and, and all the steps leading towards that shot. Yeah. Sometimes I think we overemphasize the idea of control and don't realize that having um, a relationship with the feeling of what the shot is, is sort of in some ways the ultimate control. Being able to repeat the feeling, there's like an, an infinite um, ability to, to repeat a feeling as opposed to trying to control every little thing. You know, and that's something that we've all, I know John and I have talked about sort of extensively when it comes to the idea of allowing the, 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 the conscious mind to slip, to, to slip or not slip, but switch over to the subconscious mind where that point in the shot happens and sort of allowing the feeling to take over at the right time. And it's just finding that timing. That is the hard part for most people, especially in barebow, because we don't have a clicker. We don't have a, you know, a, a thing in World Archery that literally is definitive like shooting Olympic. And in reality, even in Olympic archery and compound archery, you're still supposed to, it's still supposed to be the same similar process, just a little easier when you have something that says it's time to go um, or an aiming device of sorts. Um, uh, that's, that's good. And so, listening to what john's saying in his description morton and reading yen's book like would you say that as you've started to improve now you're starting to eclipse that 500 mark more regularly on a regular basis and um even in training you know is it are you finding that it's easier to organize your thoughts now with each arrow as you move, as you move through your archery journey, and now that you're practicing and you're seeing higher level of results, absolutely, it's. Uh, I, uh, I don't know how to explain it properly, but uh, when I think about what I did when I started and what I and how I do it now, uh, I'm surprised I even hit anything basically uh, it's it, it's such it's such different stuff that I have to pay attention to and I'm 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 often finding myself that I'm that I that I skip parts so I'm letting I notice I'm letting down much more now than I used to uh, I used to shoot almost every time and now, now I don't do that anymore. Uh, the, often the follow-up shot isn't anywhere close to perfect, but I'm, it's, it's a stepping stone. It's one step further. Well, letting, letting down on an arrow, a lot of people can't do it. They, they, they have to shoot the arrow they have. Or I, I, was, I was like that. Yeah, or 
to let down and actually catch a bad arrow. I mean, I've done it a handful of times um, for sure. Maybe more than that. A lot of times where you're able to catch an arrow, at least, you know, your thoughts are organized enough that you're not just letting that arrow fly, you know, but it's what, what we're, what will really, where you'll really see a turnaround in your scores. And, you know, I think in, in my experience is that as you gain the knowledge to understand what's happening on that previous arrow, you know, um, and what do you need to fix? What did you do wrong? And you start understanding like the finite details of your shot and you, you know, the consistency is incredible. Like John does things and says things sometimes where I'm like, well, how do you even know that that's happening? And I know one we've talked about just as an, as an example is, um, John, you've talked about how like you get, you see a difference in your equipment and how the fingers get, I, I think your, your bottom finger gets caught a little bit, or you, I'm trying to remember what the conversation was. You either changed your equipment setup or poundage to allow the, the, a cleaner release, but your bottom finger was getting caught. I think it might've been last year at my place. We're talking about it. You made a, you make changes like midway through a tournament I know other changes, whether it's equipment changes or form changes, that to me is like mind blowing because I don't, I can't even fathom doing it. You know, can you, can you talk to that point in regards to how well you know your shot and what enables you uh, the ability to do that? Um, a lot of that, well, some of it's experience, but some of, uh, a lot of it is just understanding what your shot is. Um, and like if something's catching on me, uh, I usually pick that up most of the time fairly quickly. Like I'll see just an errant arrow for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, that felt pretty good. And then you shoot another one and you're like, ah, okay. You know, my bottom finger is slipping a little bit. So I'll quick make a form adjustment. And some sometimes it's like, you know, my I might be like my bottom finger's catching. I might be like, instead of being at this angle, let me change this a little bit. We're going to get some light in there. But instead of being at this angle, I might have been, down here and it's catching a little bit more or, or I'm up here and I'm catching my top finger a little bit more and I'll see that arrow come off just a little bit in my peripheral and then I'll quick make a, a form adjustment on that but it's it's just getting to better understand your shot and and all the the finer intricacies of your shot um, being trying to be extremely self-aware of what's going on with you and your shot and and all the feeling yeah it's also there's the there's the experience when you're shooting a shot like if you we were talking about your bottom finger so if your bottom finger might be slipping a little bit so it, instead of catching you might slip it a little bit most people will actually find that the arrows will go a little bit to the left so if you have an arrow that goes to the left and you don't know why it could be your finger so that's by experience you oh yeah maybe my feel on the finger is not exactly where it's supposed to be so you have experience to count for that also. Yeah, it's just one of those things that as you you gain experience with the errant stuff, the things that don't go great, you know, it's turning those moments into learning moments and not dwelling on the fact that, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe I just missed an arrow or I shot a three or shot a four and, mm -hmm. and getting so discouraged. It's not a def that doesn't define who you are. It's just a moment that you need to turn into a learning moment. Okay, well, why did that happen? And what do I need to do to try to fix it? Well, you fall back on your process, right? More exactly. fall back on your process. Start from the beginning. Remind yourself of every step. 
get into the feel of the shot, try to make it count, and then move forward. And, you know, so uh, and that's and that's what, you know, I think is the hardest thing for all of us. It's just for you, maybe it was you're in the very beginning at that that initial level of shooting. Imagine like the first time you shot on camera. What did it feel like? The first time you shot like one of the trains oh. live on Facebook, what did it feel like? I was scared. <laughs> I was. I, I, re, I remember, I remember putting up the 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 target face. Uh, I'd pre-written the the, the stuff that I wanted to do, and and then I remember pushing the the live button, and, and it, and then you get the. You know, you you tag the people, and before you start the thing, and I tried to push it three or four times before I actually managed to. Uh, uh, everything in my head was just telling me to run away, but uh, but uh, but I managed to do it, and I didn't do too bad. <laughs> no. I, I didn't win, but I didn't expect to either. Well, and you can't go into it with the idea of winning. You have to go no. you one arrow at a time as good as you possibly yeah. can. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. and that's the importance of those, you know, having the ability to shoot even those little things. Yeah. Had you not had that experience shooting those live tournaments throughout COVID and through, through up until yeah. now, really. And you know, think about the experience you gained just over that year. Oh yeah, I, I, it is because uh, the other competitions that I've been to, like I said, I never had a big tournament. We have these small uh, Wednesday night, uh, Friday night, whatever shoots. They are just so much more enjoyable for me because um, I don't have to worry about. Uh, the camera i don't have to there are so many more people that could be watching me and it's it's it, they're still out there if you just scroll down you'll eventually find them and <laughs> uh, just wait until you uh, go to the classic in 2022 and you have pj riley in your face with a big fat camera yeah, Chrissy Lyons about that. We've had that discussion with her from like 2019. You know, and they're very good about the camera. But in in reality, you know, in an event like the Classic, there's the excitement of traveling and seeing all these people and 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 hooking up with people yeah. that you've you know, seen on Facebook. It's so much fun. Like it's literally worth the trip. No matter yeah. the focus should not be on score at all when you come to the Classic just concentrate on having fun because it is a memorable experience but you know then you have somebody like from cam and there there's there's video cameras everywhere and stuff you know that's where that preparation and being focused on the arrow at like you cannot care one iota what's happening on behind you or what has happened down at the target prior to the arrows that have been shot you just need to be focused in that moment and you know, the reason I wanted to talk to you guys, because that is, that is the roadmap that literally is part of you put yourself in really um, stressful situations that are as close to tournament stresses as you could considering COVID 
you educated yourself by reading Yen's book. You, you got a little bit of coaching help. You got some form help, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, but it's all on your shoulders to make it work. Either you make it work or you, you know, you, yeah. you kind of just throw it all away and you made it work and you put the time in, you know, and 520 to some people like, Oh, you know, he shot a 520 big deal. It is a big deal. Cause a year ago you were shooting four thirties. There's so many bareball archers out there that are doing the same thing, shooting every day, like Yen said, expecting things to change. They're not doing anything to make a change. They're just shooting. You've got to make a change. You have to be committed to the change. Otherwise, the change isn't going to happen, both physically and mentally. You know. Before I contacted you, I was just shooting. I was showing up at the range. I shot my 50, 60 hundred arrows, whatever. And I went home and came back over again. Um, it, I, I don't, I can't really remember at least regularly doing any drills before, before I started talking to you. Yeah. And I mean, and I've, I really can't. A lot of the drills that I do are uh, some a lot of them are either modifications over what I learned in some ways from John, except for the blind bell. I know John doesn't. I don't. John, do you do much blind bell? You do a lot of long holds and draw holds. But, yeah, I, well, it's, yeah, it's not technically a blind bell. Yeah, because I have a target face up there, but yeah, but I can still work on it unless I go through a, an extreme major form change, which I haven't in the last like seven years. But it'd be a lot of uh, aiming aiming drills, aiming shooting drills, but with a, you know, blind, blind bail without the blind. Right. <laughs> well, and that's kind of, that's kind of what, well, what you and I talked about earlier today and why I'm doing it because of that form change, you know, the drill I did today, which for everyone watching will be out on video at some point um, of some kind. Um, it, you know, form changes are tough to deal with. I'm going through it myself right now, Morton, so I can empathize in some way where that struggle is because mine was pretty significant. And as John can attest, like I had a horrible lean, could not get away from the lean and have since fixed that. But I still, every once in a while, like venture back to it, you know, and you may do that, but I think now you're probably coming out of that. You're coming out of that leaking back into the old form. You're coming out of that situation. You're, you're, you're progressing because your form has gotten so much better, you know, and now, now you have only where to go is up and you know unless you make any major changes but um yeah uh, I, excuse, excuse me the kids are shouting. oh yeah you go do go. Right, for now. it's fine it's fine um Mom, where's the meatloaf <laughs> <laughs> it's all good i i muted you more and i'll uh <laughs> you unmute again well, I appreciate you joining us, though, um, and and being willing to kind of be uh, vulnerable and talk about your your journey, you know, and the fact of the matter is that you're across the pond by quite a ways and got help from multiple people in multiple places. So it's not, you know, while we would always encourage someone to work with a coach one-on-one, I will always, always, always advocate for that. If you can work with someone one-on-one, you should do it. It definitely helps if it's the coach has some barebow experience, but you know, that's not the only option and there is option to get help. I know John helps a lot of people. I know he gets messages like crazy. You know, we, we try to reach out and help people as much as we can. You have people like Jen who have written a book, 
that you obviously um, have found some success with. That book has helped you, helped you organize your thoughts, helped you, and probably gained some confidence even without shooting because you knew what to do going into when the struggle bus arrives, when things get tough, you know how to handle it. Um, so yeah, and thank you for writing that book and, and, and really putting what your struggle was and the things that you learned in paper and in writing so that others could benefit from it. Um, think, How about we mention the name of the book? We have, I don't think we mentioned it. I did it in the, the beginning, book. but I'll say it again. It's Choose to Be a Winner. That's the name of the name of the book. So, yeah, and where is the book available um, so that those that listen to this will can go and, 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 and maybe order one? It's available on, on uh, quite a few of the different archery shops around, around there, but it's also available on Amazon. But probably the easiest way to find it is actually to go to the website that's for the book, which is choose to be a winner.com slash English, but it has to be a, a small E in the English because for some reason, websites are case sensitive. So choose to be a winner.com slash English, and that will take you to the English version of the website. The, there are two languages on there. And um, so you obviously want to choose the English version for English speaking people. Yeah. For, for our United States followers and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. There's have- also, Sorry, there's, there's also some, uh, as Morton was saying, there's also some uh, audio files that I put up there because um, as Morton also said, one, when I was trying to learn something about all this mental stuff, I, I had a very hard time to finding out how to apply all of this stuff written by psychologists, this and that, into actually doing what I wanted to do. Um, so I put some audio files together to help you get into mental preparation, help you get into visualization, uh, as a general thing, but also help you, how do I specifically handle a finals round? Uh, so there are, um, audio files, um, on the website, and there's also a, a, a training journal that you can download for, for, for filling out if you want to do so. Awesome. All right. I, I asked before, do you have uh, any other social media besides your personal Facebook page? I, I use my personal Facebook page for everything. So my personal Facebook page is going to be, if you follow that, it's going to be full of archery stuff and it's going to be full of programming stuff because that's what I also do. And of course, I brew beer and wine and meat because I'm from the Nordic countries. So we brew our own beer and meat and wine. So there's also a lot of stuff about brew doing that stuff. So I just mix everything together because I think that's that's me. It defines me. That's awesome. Uh, I think... I think uh... I have to make a trip, John. <laughs> Let's go. You're, you're welcome. And we have an awesome competition here in October that you would like the format of. It's a 24-hour uh, competition where you're on, on team with three people on each team, and you shoot for 24 hours. Really? So you all shoot at the same time? or You have one person from your team is on the shooting line. Okay. And the other two people might be resting or sleeping or eating or something. <laughs> That's a 24 hour shoot. 24 hour shoot in multiple classes. Yeah, we have, uh, I think it's, um, well, the classes are more or less open, but we have longbow class, a bearbow class, a recurve class, and a compound class, more or less. And winner is highest amount of points. Yep. But also, you can win prizes during the shoot because. During the shoot, the uh, tournament uh, organizer will pick out some teams that are 
close by each other and say, oh, okay, we're going to have a shoot off between these two or maybe three teams and the winner will get this Dunker stabilizer set or this whatever and compound bow or prime bow or whatever. Nice. Yeah. That is cool. I think we can get Grayson out of retirement and take a trip over to Denmark for that. <laughs> Go up there and shoot against Maria. Yeah. Maria's from Denmark, isn't she? Maria's from Denmark and she yeah. normally attends this shoot. She was on the last time the shoot was there, they, they made a team called Team Kokio, which is a uh, Danish chocolate milk thing. <laughs> so they have, they're all dressed up like chocolate milk bottles. <laughs> My uh, kids love this, that. It's, it's a theme shoot, sort of. They uh... not really, no, oh. not really. But but her team decided to go all in and dress up like Coco milk bottles. <laughs> we'll be team Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. Oh my god! All right, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to talk more about that again. I think you and I will will be discussing your book a little bit more in depth yeah. um, down the road and. Uh, Morton, thank you for for joining us. Like I said before, and being vulnerable about the topic, um, and and kind of, I think your journey in some way mimics a lot of barebow archers, um, and it's important that people understand that there's everyone's roadmap isn't the same, and when you experience struggle, that you kind of have to stay the course. You can't just fold or just say, "Well, that's just as good of a shooter as I am." You need to. You you know, what's funny is uh, when Morton started, he said he was shooting, what, 430s? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I was shooting when I started. <laughs> really? So what, uh, 11 years ago now? 11 years? Mm, yeah, I can't remember. Roughly. Time. Somewhere <laughs> I think when you started the Barebow Project, you were around. Right back in the day. <laughs> when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> how long, John, how long did it take you before we shut this down? How long did it take you to get to 500? Uh, with next to no information available, yeah, uh, like three or four years. Yeah, I started like four forties and four sixties and four eighties, and then started popping some five hundreds. Just to put in in retrospect for you, Morton, that's a that's a significant <laughs> difference, you know. Yeah, three years versus a year, roughly. Well, two years, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it took me four or five years to start hitting five twenty four or five years to hit 520. When did you hit your first 550, 560? Uh, I don't know if it was indoor nationals like six years ago. Okay. Six years ago, maybe. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, that's when, you know, 540s are well, like... That, that's when things became easy because I became more self-aware of what's going on. Um, I fine-tuned a, a form that was that fit me perfect and it was just easier because you know it was easier understanding my shot and what to do yeah now with the with the information that's out there and multiple platforms and books like Yen's and stuff like that it's definitely you know it's definitely an easier it's an easier trip to the 500 and then it just it starts to get a little harder then once you hit that 520 mark it's not to bust your bubble Morton, but once you hit that 520 mark, things do start to get a little more complicated as you venture into the 540. And yeah. yeah, so you know, it's yeah. the finite details really start to make a difference. But you know, that's I'm sure that that day is going to come for you soon. And uh, yeah. I'm proud of you. It's, man. Gonna... it's awesome to watch your story and the way things have happened. Well, thank you. You 
you've been a big part of it actually thank you appreciate it that's that's what we're here for um that's rare frank did a good thing yeah (laughs) Yeah. he won't he'll never admit it he'll never admit it um all right man well thank you all once again for joining uh we're gonna hang out here and chat a little bit and thanks for watching uh once again and and listening to the barebow project um we'll uh we'll follow up with some more stuff and and you know Make sure you guys check these guys out. Come participate in those online training tournaments. Yeah, and it's time for you to switch the bear bow from Olympic and come join us on the dark side. Do, do some reading. Of, uh, I've actually Yen's gone book. even darker and I've bought myself a compound bow. You're not. You're really on the dark side now. Well, he didn't buy. He didn't buy a <laughs> raven. So he didn't go that far. Um, everybody, that's yeah, John. You said that, and I think it, it might have got talked over. Uh, yeah, go to um choose to be a winner.com and buy yen's book and check that out it's obviously making a difference in multiple archers doesn't matter what discipline you shoot so thanks for watching